not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. <laughs> You're not smart enough to be my friend. Fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode 80, if you can believe that. Um, I'm Tim Gaither. That's Mike Baldwin. And uh, we believe that the deep state is real. We think that this is not just a typical four-year election. We think that this is literally a battle for the country to be either plunged into darkness or, <laughs> or we, could, we could be a great country again. You know, I mean, America is still great, but it, it could be so much better. And we think that if Trump gets elected, we're going to, um, that we're going to see civil war. <laughs> yeah, they're very likely. I mean, you never know. Um, I, I don't think it would be like necessarily between, I don't know. I don't know what a civil war would look like. Um, but, well, how many people were in the original civil war? I think it was something like less than 5% or something. I think I read somewhere of, that were actually like fighting in the war and everybody else was just at home getting yeah. letters and stuff. Yeah, it was crazy too. I had a, um, I was going to teach history at one point and I don't remember a lot about the classes I took, but I do remember like this civil war teacher talking about how, um, like when they would have these battles, they would literally like meet down at the Creek, like the people on the North side and the people on the, on the South. And cause sometimes they would know each other, you know, or they would meet down and, and when they weren't fighting, they would like be talking to each other, you know, mm -hmm. and, and like, like at a wrestling tournament, you know, like sometimes you'll talk to your opponent, you know, or you become friends with them even. Um, but then when it was like, all right, this battle time, we're going to fucking kill each other. And that, that war was just brutal. I mean, there would be like, there were some battles, dude, where people were like 60,000 people would die in one day. And it wasn't like they were getting bombed. It was like stabbing each other and muskets and. Yeah, that's a, and no anesthesia and no, I think they might've had a ether or something. May I don't know when ether came around, but either way, like they weren't, they were sawing limbs off of like screaming guys and stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, literally they would like pour some whiskey in their mouth and tell them to bite on this stick. And we're just going to saw your freaking leg off with a, with a hacksaw. Um, ugh, I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, I guess. Any, you anytime I think about something like that, I always think about the, uh, I forget what it's actually called, but between China and, and Japan, uh, I, might have been World War One. Either way, there was uh, something where they would one side would go into the village of the other side and just do experiments. Basically, they and that's happened all throughout history. I I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube once about like the worst tortures in history, and uh, some dude did, did like an animated 
series where he talked about all sorts of shit. And one that sticks out is uh, some king back in the day had his people uh, forge a giant frying pan just so he could see what happens when you fry a guy to death. And wow. like, and they did it with multiple people of like, uh, you know, you didn't pay your taxes on time or like you fucking punched a soldier or whatever the case, like into the frying pan at just, I like, I would like to imagine that if it was me, I would just like put my head on it as hard as I could, hoping that it would just knock me unconscious, you know, but I mean, it's crazy that in, in, in history, Especially in the Middle Ages, dude. I, that's another thing I remember vaguely learning about the Middle Ages. They were so brutal. I mean, like crucifixions and all that shit. And you wonder if we could ever go back to something that awful. Like if we've evolved too much to ever let that kind of thing happen on a mass scale or... Nah, I don't... Not at all. Like, look at what they're what they did in uh what uh israel and gaza and whatnot and the kind of shit i i mean no all the only reason that we don't do crazy shit like that is because of our laws and the constitution and stuff like that but if we're just left to our own devices then no humans are all pieces of shit especially when you legitimately not only feel, but like know in your heart that this person that you're doing this to is the bad guy and he's evil and he deserves it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, gosh, looking back at like, you know, if you read the Bible, like when Jesus was born, like the King Herod at the time, when he, he had his soldiers go to, I'm butchering the story, but go to where. That's what we do here. <laughs> Go. He had the, his soldiers go to um, around where Jesus was born, some city that he thought that Jesus lived in, because they they knew he was the Messiah, or he was supposed to. You know, they they claimed, oh, and like like kill all the babies, all the kids two years old and under. They they just murdered them. I mean, I don't know how you justify doing that. I mean, I guess if you're afraid that you're going to get murdered for not doing your job. But how do you just how do you do that? You know, how are human beings capable of doing that? But they were because they did. And and how do you believe that? Like, I don't know, man. Like, hey, yeah, it's like a magic God kid was born and it's like, kill him. And you're like, he's magic and God. Like, how do you think it's none of this is going to work? You just have to accept that he's here or just don't believe it. But it's like they believed it and then thought they could fight the magic God. I don't know. It all seems dumb to me. But well, it's it's just it's just brutal that people are capable of doing such shit. And and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope it never comes to that. I, I don't think I don't think it's going to I don't think we're going to look at a physical civil war. I think I think a cyber attack and that kind of stuff is much more likely and. We plan on going this weekend and getting a lot more like canned goods and just getting more prepared, like maybe getting a water filtration system. Cause that's the main thing you need. If the shit goes down is you got to have water mm -hmm. um, and you can get like these big barrels that'll filter your water for like two or 300 bucks. And uh, it seems like that'd be a pretty decent investment. We've got some solar panels and that kind of shit and like a generator. Um, 
when we had some extra money, we spent like 2,500 bucks on this thing and hopefully we'll never even need it, but we've got it, you know? So what, I would think like, uh, living near the ocean that you would have like a desalinator or something. Is that a word? So uh, you can just like take ocean water and safely drink it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that could be an option also, you know, we do live 15 minutes from the ocean. Um, but yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that as far as the water filtration, but I, I guess it would work on salt water. I don't know. Yeah, if the if all the power goes out where you live, then my suggestion is uh, find a boat and take it over and then camp out or, you know, whatever it's called, where you park your boat on the water. Uh, what is that called? Dock? Uh, anyway, like uh, you got to become a pirate. And, the, and then anybody that tries to come out and fish, you kill them and then you let it be known around there like these waters are mine. And if you want fish, you got to come through me. And then you get a crew of fellow pirates that all fish like the oceans for you. And then you distribute it amongst your people and you become like the leader. Well, that sounds like a very viable plan. That's what you got to do. Piracy. Well, my little boy like that. He loves being a pirate. <laughs> yeah i didn't see what i would do here i'm in wichita so uh basically i would be screwed if i if the power goes out and i know it's out for good and not coming back then i would go to the grocery store first and fill up a cart and run out and hope that that's what everybody else was doing also so that i wouldn't be the first one that gets caught and gets the shit kicked out of me but i would just stock up on that and then I don't know. Go to the gun store and try to ch trade the food that I just got for bullets and shit. Yeah, and there was a guy that came to one of my shows in Vegas that lives out here in Orange County, and he runs a, a gun range, and uh, he would probably be the best. I, I need to go see that guy, actually. He told me I could come out there for free and, and uh, learn how to shoot a gun and have to buy a gun first but you have to you have to jump through a lot of hoops in california obviously to mm -hmm. that um i so mean you I, just have to pass a background check like that's the constitution stands in the way like they've tried to pass several things that inhibit your ability ability to just get a gun and every time the supreme court's been like no you can't do that yeah well they try they they in some states, I believe they have passed red flag laws or whatever that just make it much harder. But that's still just a background check. Like, if right. you don't have a red flag, and granted, I mean, it could be a bullshit reason that you have a red flag, but most normal citizens aren't on those lists, you know? But yeah. that's what's weird, because I've heard them say, like, oh, we need to... They, they're trying to pass something in wherever, Colorado or something, that... Uh, they want to like keep track of everybody that buys a gun and put you on lists or whatever. And it's like they already have that ability. Like they're doing the background check. Your name's in the system like and they know whether you bought it or not. Like those lists already exist somewhere. They just it's a matter of the law is like, can we use this list and do anything with it? And it's like, no, you can't for now. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times they pass those red flag laws, even knowing they're going to be overturned, just hoping that people will turn in their guns and that kind of thing in the meantime. 
And then after they are like, yeah, that's not constitutional. Then the people that turned them in are like, fuck, I didn't have to do that. They're like, no, dummy, you didn't have to do that. You just did it. It's almost like the mandates they had for masks and all that stuff. That was never a law. Like there was no no lawful way they could actually like arrest you or whatever for not wearing your mask. I mean, I guess they could not let you on the plane or whatever. Like they did my little boy when I almost lost my mind when he was two. He had just turned two. And my wife was like, yeah, he just turned two. And they're like, I don't think we were doing the podcast then, but um, no, we couldn't have been doing it then. But uh, yeah, they wouldn't let him on the plane. They, my wife and boy had to go back home and I had to get on the plane without him. And I was so pissed off. It was because he didn't have a mask on. Yeah, he wouldn't put a mask on. He, he had literally just turned two. And I'm like, so he's like he's like two years now and four days. So if he was one year and 364 days, then you wouldn't expect him to have one on. But since he's passed the date by like, I don't know what it was by that time a month, he's supposed to all of a sudden understand that he needs to put this thing on his face. You think that's how it works, you know? And they're like, oh, that's the rule. And I'm like, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is when people can't use common sense and they're just like, well, that's the rule. I'm like, uh huh. doesn't make sense. You fucking moron. Just, just let him on the plane. He's just a little baby. He's a baby. You know, you're going to make him put a mask on, but I'm glad that shit's over at least for now. At least for now. Yeah. We've got a video of uh, sort of about uh, COVID stuff. It was this doctor uh, who was it? Senator Ron Johnson had a, thing the other day uh whatever you call it a meeting thing you know where people talk and say shit i don't know words today but uh but this doctor it's like a six minute long clip i'll go ahead and send it to you now and you can play it whenever you want to but i feel like it's a decent way to start we don't have very many videos today but the ones that we do have are long uh but they're informative and uh so yeah this guy's talking about how the reason the vaccine was pushed so hard was because they were doing this bio lab shit and they weren't supposed to be like there's, there's rules in the treaties and stuff like that. That's like no biological weapons, but you can make a little bit of biological weapon just so you can test it in case somebody else makes a biological weapon, then you'll be able to defend against it or whatever. So the theory from this guy is that COVID was an accidentally leaked bioweapon um, and they had to push the vaccine so hard so they could say, see, we're doing something good here. We're not just accidentally leaking weapons. We're making vaccines also. Uh, but he also, there's a lot of other good information in here too. And uh so, yeah, whenever, unless you want to talk about some other shit first. I will watch it, and then we'll talk about uh, Nikki Haley and Trump's latest uh, legal issues. And- yeah, we got a video about Trump's latest legal issues as well. And uh, and I'm not a huge fan of the people that are uh, in the video, but they the information is good. And then we also have a, a video from back in the 90s that is a little more pertinent today. But yeah, this guy first. Okay. I'm talking today about what I consider the crushingly obsessive push to COVID vaccinate every living person on the planet. So we all know, circumstantially at least, that the virus that leaked, leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in fall 2019, the initial cases paralleled 
the Wuhan subway line 2, which passes by the WIV. The virus contains a unique 19 nucleotide genetic sequence that also exists in Moderna patents from 2017. The, just so you know, the WIV is the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So this guy's just saying, like, it obviously started there at the lab where they were making bioweapons. And various other biological and spy intelligence information evidence that overwhelmingly implicates the WIV as the source of the leak. So this virus, the COVID-19 pandemic virus, exists because it was bioengineered. The WIV scientists used Ralph Barrick's genetic manipulation techniques, technology, at their insecure BSL-2 lab. So this was reckless work at the WIV that was funded by NIH through the DASHAC EcoHealth Alliance money laundry, as well as by large DOD and USAID grants. <clears throat> Now, this work and the WIV leak was what I consider to be the fruit of our bioweapons industry that has been performing secretive and nefarious biological weapons development for the last 70 years. The recognition of the possible, possible accidental or intentional unleashing of an infectious agent capable of killing large numbers of humanity led to the Bioweapons Treaty of 1975 that President Ford signed. The treaty prohibits the development of offensive bioweapons. However, the one loophole in the treaty is that small quantities of offensive bioweapons are allowed to be developed in order to do research on vaccine countermeasures. Now, this loophole was then exploited by our bioweapons industry for the last 50 years. The bioweapons uh, treaty limited offensive bioweapons to agents that would address vaccine development, so-called dual-use agents or dual-use research. And this was the premise and motivation of the various virology grant applications like Diffuse and so on submitted to DOD and NIH funders. This was the permitted rationale for the development of offensive bioweapons in that it would lead to work on vaccine countermeasures. Now fast forward to 2019. Many billions of dollars spent on the bioweapons industry over the past decades for all of this work on offensive bioweapons. Where are the successful commercial vaccines to show for it? So there's been lots of vaccine research that's been carried out for known harmful organisms, but minimally, if at all, for these gain-of-function bioweapons agents. And for COVID, it took a year of shoddy research to produce and test the first batch of commercial vaccines for SARS-CoV-2, and how is a year delay even remotely acceptable for a military defense against a bioweapon that spreads across populations in weeks? A year to develop a vaccine that for, vac for uh, pandemics that occur in waves in, in weeks. And, and these vaccines are supposed to be deployed before a pandemic occurs, not in the middle of one. So my hypothesis, what I believe, is that both the virus origin cover-up and the forced vaccination of the entire planet were orchestrated to protect the integrity of the bioweapons industry. Once the general public understood the reckless and cavalier behavior of this industry that had operated under a false and misrepresented pretense of vaccine development that has never been successfully commercial, commercially realized, it would then clamor to shut down the industry. And so the suppression of knowledge of the industry's reckless involvement in the Wuhan leak is an obvious cover-up.
And we have proof of that cover-up from the FOIA documents involving Fauci, Collins, Jeremy Ferrara, and others. And my conclusion, then, is the reason why the whole population had to be vaccinated is to show that the bioweapons industry supposedly did have a rationale of vaccine development as part of its claimed dual-use research. The vaccines, then, are, are the evidence that the bioweapons industry was properly justified from the beginning. Without a successful vaccine to show for itself in the time of a pandemic crisis, especially one caused by a leak from a bioweapons industry source itself, it would be clear to everyone that the rationale for the industry's existence was a fraud in the first place. And so the COVID vaccines themselves supplied the defense against the charge that the bioweapons industry was not actually dual use, but offensive only violating the 1975 treaty. So the vaccines had to be dramatically pushed out to be the universal solution to show that the bioweapons industry was actually working for the public good. And in this context, it did not matter what collateral damage the vaccines caused. All there had to be was the public thinking, public thought of, of this theater that the industry had been doing its worst work to produce usable vaccines, not offensive bioweapons. Well, thank you, Dr. Risch. Um... It actually goes on longer than that, but I was uh, pretty interested in all that. And it it's another one of those things that looking back now, it's like, well, yeah, that's clearly what they were doing. But at the time, because all of this information was being suppressed, nobody knew this stuff. Everybody was just like, trust the experts. They're experts. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel like it was hard for me to focus on what he was saying because I could not stop looking at his hair. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, in my defense, this is like now the third time that I've watched it. I watched it the first time just stumbling upon it. And then I watched it again while I was editing it. And then I just watched it again now. So I knew exactly what he was saying the whole time. So give it another watch if you're if you're watching here. Go back and watch it again if you want. But basically, all he's saying is that they lied the whole time and that yeah. they had to put a vaccine out because they just wanted to be like, we can we need to keep these positions. We all have to keep doing this because it's so important. Yeah. And some of us knew they were lying from the start. And uh, yeah, I, I recommend listening to it instead of watching it, because I, all, all I kept thinking was there's no way this guy's married with that hair. <laughs> You'd seem like his wife would be like, honey, you need to cut your hair. She'd be like, no, you're going yeah. on TV today. <laughs> you look like fucking Eddie Munster. That's what he looked like. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to anything serious, do you want to watch this video of Trump slapping a, a guy? Yeah, this is this is great. This yeah, is what, this is back from WWE days, but it's still just neat that I don't know. It, I thought it was worth including in the show. It's less than a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's watch it before I comment on it. <laughs>
head as you slapped Vince McMahon? Well, he had no right to touch me, and he started playing around, and I gave him a wallop, and I think it had a pretty big impact. Actually, he's got a little problem with his face right now. I gave him a wallop. <laughs> that's, that's, even if you, if you didn't like Trump before, you, you kind of have to like him after seeing that, don't you? I mean, I liked him before, so I can't really say, but I, he was beloved. Like it, even people that didn't like him only didn't like him because of how rich and carefree he was. They didn't, nobody disliked him because he was a bad man or anything like that. Like all of these stories, the, the one that sticks out in my head is that he stiffed some contractors. That's the story that goes around. It's like he had some contractors that were working on stuff and he refused to pay them. And it's like, all right, you've got one contracting company that says this guy screwed us. How many contracting companies exist that say, no, it was great working with him? Like hundreds more. So there's one example of somebody being like, he screwed us. And you can argue the details of what happened, but you don't stay in business that long and, and have people eager to work with you if you screw people over the way that they claimed they were screwed over. Like I've explained before, the way I think it happened is that he had a, some kind of a deal with them that was like, you know, uh, the way I always say it is like, I want 10 columns put up right here and I'll give you a million dollars once they're all done. And then the guys put up nine columns and they're like, hey, we need this, this and this. And he's like, that's not my problem. Like we we had a deal, put up the, the 10th column and they're like, just pay us for the nine. And he's like, no, that wasn't the deal. Like once you get the 10th one up, I'll pay you everything I owe you. But until then, screw you. Like that's the contract you signed. And then those guys have an angry story to tell about how they got completely gypped. But it's if you just think about it logically, like you don't screw over a contracting company and then go and build 20 other buildings after that successfully with if you if that's your real reputation, you know? Yeah, the overwhelming majority of stories that I've heard talk about how great he is to work for and how he really takes care of the people that work for him. And having had some recent experience of my own with contractors and, and plumbing stuff and, and whatever, um, they are often not um, honest themselves. Um, so I don't know what the story is, but um, I doubt that's his business model is that he goes around just hiring people to do stuff and then being like, Oh, it's done. Okay. Well then fuck you. I'm not paying. <laughs> right. Like you don't stay in business that long. If you're screwing over that many people, like you can go to, uh, you know, either one of our pages, you can go to any restaurants review page or anything like that. And it doesn't matter how much everybody is like, this place is awesome. There's always one that's like worst experience of my entire life. I saw a funny one the other day. There was a, it was just a screenshot. It could have even been fake. I don't know, but it made me laugh. Like uh, it was a five-star review that was like, this place is fantastic, whatever. And then right underneath it, it was like an older woman's picture and she gave it one star. And the comment was, I've never eaten at this place. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, so if you don't uh, have anything random to talk about, we can move on to the next subject that we have planned, which is uh, Trump's uh, legal battles. Um, the story now, I'm going to not explain that much of it because this video will uh, explain a lot, but uh, Trump's case is, uh, about presidential immunity is going to the Supreme Court. And so Trump is saying like, hey, I should be able to call the guy in Georgia and be like, count these votes again. Like, let's get this all squared away because I was still president and it's my responsibility to deal with problems or whatever. And so you can't be mad at me for doing that while I was president. And the other side's like, it don't matter what you are like, you're not allowed to do that. So it's a multi-level thing because in order for him to even worry about uh, presidential immunity, you have to assume that the thing that he did was illegal if he wasn't president. And I'm not convinced of that even. I've listened to the, the phone call with the Secretary of State of Georgia where he said, find me the votes and all that shit, which is not, he didn't say it in a nefarious way. He was just saying, count these votes again. Like, you'll find them, they're there. Like, and you don't even need to find all of them. You only need to find a, a certain number of 100 or 1,000 or whatever. Anyway, so uh, this is... I looked up a few different versions of this video because I wanted somebody that just explained the whole thing. And Fox News was the first one that I clicked on. And I just didn't like every sentence. They were just like the, you know, the they didn't say bullshit. But that was the idea it was like this bullshit case against Trump. And it was just too one sided. Finally, I watched a fucking of all people, the Young Turks. And uh, this is a good five-minute explanation from, uh, what's her name, Anna Kasparian or something, uh, the Young Turks girl. And there's a, a time or two where it seems super one-sided, you know, but most of all, um, overall, it's a, th this is a good video. So props to her for that. I've, I've heard other podcasters talk about how they're trying to move more towards the middle, you know, even though it's a super lefty podcast and show. I don't know if you've ever watched the Young Turks, but uh, there's the famous video from the 2016 election where the New York Times had Trump with like 3% chance of winning. And then they kept updating the percentages over the course of the night. And uh, the main guy from the Young Turks, uh, it's like a time lapse or timeline of his first of his being like all right hillary let's uh get through this night you know and get this thing done and then finally he's like fuck like <laughs> like is he gonna fucking win is that's a good video but that's not this this is uh, about trump's supreme court shit okay yeah i remember that about the find me the votes and that was another one of those things where you're like that's not what he was saying he wasn't saying like go manufacture 12 11 000 votes he was saying what you said you know that i know that they're there we just have to you know uh, but it's it was an easy thing for them to glob on to like they do a lot of things and uh so here's this video court has decided that it will in fact hear 
The case involving Trump claiming that presidential immunity prevents him from being prosecuted by special counsel Jack Smith in the election interference case. Now, this is a big win for Trump already, and I'll explain why. But just to get you caught up on what's been transpiring, Trump's defense, a big argument we've heard from him and his legal team is that he should not be prosecuted for his involvement in January 6th, for his involvement in the fake elector scheme, because he was president after all, and presidents enjoy immunity. Now, I personally disagree with that interpretation because presidential immunity pertains to duties that are performed in the White House as President of the United States. That type of protection should not also extend to a presidential candidate who engages in potentially illegal behavior while seeking reelection or seeking the office of the presidency. So that's my interpretation, obviously I'm not a legal scholar. It was also the interpretation of the lower courts. And now because of the Trump legal team essentially appealing this case all the way to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court will now hear it and make their determination. Now look, the Supreme Court has ruled against Trump in the past. So while I I get that it's incredibly tempting to kind of get nihilistic about this and just assume the worst is gonna happen with their decision, I would just hold on that and wait and see how it plays out. But even if, even if the Supreme Court rules against Donald Trump and says, no, 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 presidential immunity does not provide protection prosecutorially for Donald Trump. The fact of the matter is this is already a major, major win for Trump. So number one, I should note that the court has agreed to expedite the case and hear arguments on the week of April 22nd. So that's well before the presidential election. But keep in mind that now that the Supreme Court has decided to hear the case, That means that the trial is very, very likely gonna be postponed even further. In fact, it might be postponed until after the election. And should Donald Trump win the general election and become president again, he's just gonna pardon himself from the federal case. Remember, we're talking about the federal case, not the Georgia state case, which he would not be able to pardon himself from. But in this particular case, he would be since it is a federal trial. Now, with that said, the decision is a significant win for Trump for at least two different reasons. He will now be able to argue for sweeping presidential immunity that if granted could undermine the bevy of legal challenges that he faces. And he will be able to push off a trial likely for several several weeks at least, at least. Now, had the justices rejected Trump's emergency request to pause the case, Special counsel Jack Smith would have been able to move more quickly, virtually guaranteeing that there would be a trial in the election interference case prior to the general election taking place. Now, the court weirdly had waited two weeks before making their decision to hear this case. And I don't know if I wanna make too much of that. I don't know what the genuine reasons were for taking so long to make a decision about whether or not they would hear the case. But Steve Vladek, who is a CNN Supreme Court analyst and also a professor at the University of Texas School of Law, has an interesting theory. He says that the surprise is that it took the court the better part of two weeks to reach this result from which no justice has publicly dissented. Meaning it does appear, at least for now, 
that unanimously these judges, Supreme Court justices, I should say, wanted to hear this case. The justices couldn't reach consensus on a way to resolve the matter without giving it full briefing and argument. So they're not gonna rush this, they've decided to really hear Trump out on this. And so this is the way they intend to go forward. It's hard to read any tea leaves into whether that makes the court more likely to side with former President Trump when it finally resolves this immunity claim. But it certainly means that even in the worst case scenario for Trump, the January 6th prosecution will be delayed for at least another three to five months. That's a pretty big win for Trump, even if he ends up losing this case. And Vladek also says that, you know, it did take two weeks. We don't really know why, but, you know, ultimately it does appear that the Supreme Court and the justices within it felt that this was important enough to take up rather than just simply upholding the decisions that did not grant Trump presidential immunity in the lower courts. Now, Again, the lower courts didn't side with Trump. There was a unanimous 57 page opinion from the DC circuit earlier this month that rejected the immunity claims. Trump and Smith filed dueling briefs for the Supreme Court or at the Supreme Court over whether the decision should be put on hold. And so Smith countered in his own filing on Valentine's Day, February 14th, that Trump wasn't close to meeting the standard required to pause proceedings. US District Judge Tanya Chutkin postponed the first trial date originally set for March 4th. Obviously, we have that date coming up real soon next week, which appeals courts wrestled with Trump's claims while appeals courts wrestled with Trump's claims of immunity. Given the delays already, however, trial likely wouldn't begin until May at the very earliest. And that's assuming that the Supreme Court makes its decision about immunity immediately, quickly after they hear the arguments. We'll see how it plays out, but I do agree with the analysis here that this is already a pretty big win for Trump. He has a genuine interest in delaying, delaying, delaying as much as humanly possible, especially as he's very likely looking at the polling coming out in regard to the general election, which unfortunately makes it very clear that Trump is likely going to beat Biden. And I'm not saying that based on one standout poll. I say that based on several polls now that show Trump leading Biden, both nationally and also in the swing states. Swing states are incredibly important to win in an electoral system where we rely on the electoral college. So things aren't really looking great for Biden to begin with. And for anyone who hopes that justice will be served in regard to Trump's behavior with the election interference case, well, he might not suffer any consequences in the end if this case is delayed to the point where he becomes president and the trial begins or should begin after he becomes president. You just dismiss it. And so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But that's the big update in regard to the election interference federal case. Yeah, do you feel yeah. more informed now? Yeah, a little bit. My uh, my prediction is that he is not going to get found guilty on ultimately any of this shit. Uh, it's just kangaroo court after kangaroo court. Recently, I, I read today that... Illinois is the latest state to take him off the ballot, but they're going to have to put it back because it's just some left-leaning judge. Um, mm-hmm. And all of these things are, you know, they're they're just so desperate. They're just throwing anything 
out there to try to dissuade the public to be like, we can't vote for this guy. Another court's decided he can't be, you know, it's for the, it's for the people who aren't paying attention. That's who they're banking on. Um, yeah. The, the uninformed voter. Yeah. I, I wonder, I was thinking when she was talking to it towards the end about, you know, I know there's a lot of people who hate Trump, so they'll still vote for Biden or whoever his replacement is, because I'm still not convinced it's going to ultimately be Biden. Right. But I wonder if anyone in the country, there's got to be a few who are just like passionate about Biden, who if anybody is out there just like, it's got to be Biden. I don't understand how people don't realize how great he is. You know, like, is there anyone in that camp at all? I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think if if they are, they're not they're not all with it. You know, it's the same person that will emphatically tell you, like, I don't I can't even think of an example of just like, like, I don't like onions. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to eat it because it has onions in it. And they're like, you don't understand. Like, this is the best thing you've ever tasted. And I'm like, I don't. All right. It's maybe it's not even close to the same thing, but I don't like onions. So I like know. cooked onions. I can't, I like super cooked onions, like blackened onions. Um, but regular onions are one of those things where I'm like, how do people eat this shit? Onions and tomatoes. I'm just like, fuck off. If I was on a dinner, like tomatoes, dude, tomatoes are fucking great. <laughs> right. But that's what I have to deal with every time. And I've learned now, like some people just, there are bodies and our taste buds are and our gag reflex. Like I'll gag if I feel an onion crunch in my mouth. Like if I'm eating spaghetti sauce or something like that, you know, and I feel that crunch, that's all it can be is a, a tiny onion piece. And I either have to like swallow immediately or just bleh, like spit out what's in my mouth. I can't continue to chew. I don't know. I'm just weird. No, it's not weird. I, I'm the same way. I can't stand onions. I, my biggest pet peeve at a restaurant is uh, is when they put those little tiny green onions on your shit, and they're just like, Bleh. and I'm like, dude, those are so powerful. Shouldn't you ask somebody if they like these before you just go dressing up my shit with your stupid little green onions? Or they'll they'll get in a color argument with me, and they'll get in a race argument with me when I'm like, dude, I said no onions, and they'll be like, these are green onions. And I'm like, I didn't fucking say a color. Like, I just didn't want any of them at all. And they're like, oh, well, I didn't realize you meant that. I thought you just meant real onions. And they'll ruin your whole meal, dude. I mean, they're just disgusting to me. Yeah, I have a bit uh, of one of my highest actually i think it's on tiktok at comedian mike my highest watched video ever is uh oh no the highest one ever is about my balls but one of the top videos that i've ever posted was about me going to therapy and in that clip i tell a true story about going to a restaurant with my girlfriend at the time and we were uh, days away from breaking up so everything was just terrible you know what i mean like just weird conversation and just, you know, what's wrong? Nothing like that kind of shit going on all the time. And, and I ordered uh, my meal and I said no onions and it came and I bit into it and it uh, fucking crunched down on an onion and I just started crying. And like, <laughs> she was like, what's your fucking problem? And I was just like, it's not even about the, the onions. Like it's, you need to walk your fucking dog. 
we've talked about this. Like I say it funnier in the thing, but it's basically a true scenario where like I, uh, yeah, I cried at a restaurant. <laughs> Uh, but it place. really wasn't the onions like because i've bitten down on onions plenty of times and just been like oh man you know and then went on with conversation that was just like the the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever like i was just ready to fucking explode about something yeah i mean we probably should start talking about politics again but we're not all about just <laughs> politics here at the uh at the truth again podcast we also like to go off on tangents about shit we don't like in our mouth and tomatoes and onions are definitely at the top of that list yeah i don't even consider this a political podcast that much i feel like it's more just dudes hanging out and we talk about the same thing that i would talk about any other friend with if i was just hanging out with them for an hour which is like boy i always think of family guy when i say this but uh how about them politics uh which is just a generic way he was like, uh, eh, I'm not going to do the whole Family Guy scene. But anyway, yep. yeah. I used to watch Family Guy a lot. My favorite thing was when they would make people fall. They're just like. <laughs> 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 um, all right. Where should we go from here? Uh, who's that Clinton? Oh, this is a good video. This This is one of the things that started me wondering if there was not i'm not saying that very well it, this is one of the videos that made me be like so how come when clinton said this he got a standing ovation from congress and when trump said it from the beginning it was because he's a racist that was the narrative they were trying to push but i, I believe this is the clinton video where he talks about that and everyone's on board with it and he says it's smoother i guess because he's a he was a great politician um but, you know, Trump says, says essentially the same thing, and he's branded a racist from the jump. So uh, do you want to watch this now? Yep. All right. Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. Yeah, I know it's just clapping. I just wanted to make sure to get the standing ovation in there. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody agreed on that. Like, even Obama said things. I don't know what the numbers are, but I remember reading that Obama deported more people than, like, the several presidents before him or something along those lines. Um, 
Oh, and the thing I said earlier, I checked about the Civil War, it was 10%. 10% of people enlisted in the whatever, their respective armies at the time. Yeah. So that still leaves 90% of us just, you know, what else do 10% of people do that you just don't even see every day, you know? So there could easily be Civil War battles in 2024 that just don't even affect us wherever we happen to be, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, like I said, that was one of the videos that I remember seeing and asking people, and, and this is before I liked Trump, but I still had, I still asked the question. I'm like, so how come when certain people say this, it's this way. And when he says it, it's looked at it as xenophobic and everything else. Um, and I mean, I used to love, fucking Bill Clinton. I loved that guy. I thought he was a great president. I thought he was smart. I thought he was cool. Um, and then you start looking into that or you, you start learning certain things about that guy, like especially the Suzanne Rosenberg thing, you know, mm -hmm. she blows up part of the Capitol building and gets caught with 800 pounds of uh, dynamite. And they, they, he literally pardoned her on his last day in office. Why of all things, would that be on his agenda in his last day in office would be to pardon a domestic terrorist who they knew couldn't prove, but they knew that she was responsible for the death of like two firemen and three police officers or something like that. I'm, I, I'm not getting that exactly right, but they knew she did it, but they couldn't prove it. Um, but so he what was, was she in jail for something else or something or no, she was in prison for blowing up part of the Capitol building. So and they did prove it. Right. Well, or... they, they proved that part, but she also blew up something um, that that was, re was responsible for the death. Uh, this was a separate, ah. separate bombing that they knew for a f they knew that she killed him, but they couldn't prove it. But she was in prison for the capital part and for getting caught with 800 pounds of dynamite, which no one is. No one has 800 pounds of dynamite unless they're going to do some nefarious shit. She was a domestic terrorist and now she's the treasurer or she was. I'm not sure if she still is, but the treasurer for Black Lives Matter. Um, so it's just it, it it just all starts to like connect. But it's one of those things where if we had a media at all to talk about this stuff, I mean, it's common. It's not common knowledge, but people know like Carter talked about what a disgrace it was that he did that. But you just have to start like, again, why of all the people to pardon yeah, like who called Clinton and was like, "All right, add this name to the list," and or they were friends or something. I, you know, it, yeah. Every reason is like, well, that doesn't seem like a good reason because the it, if he didn't know her and someone just told him to add her name onto the pardon list, then why did that person want her pardon? You know, like why do they want someone who blew up a building? Like, are the uh, did the uh, Boston bomber guys get uh, the death penalty or is there even a death penalty in Massachusetts? Either way, like the idea of them getting released seems weird to me. Did the, they get released? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like you don't yeah. let people who bomb shit out of jail and be like, ah, oh, don't do it again. It, it would almost be like letting Ted Kaczynski out of jail, you know? I mean, you want to talk insurrection? I mean, the bitch blew up part of the Capitol building. He's like, ah, she's probably learned her lesson. Let's just let her out. Um, but you hear more about, you know, you never hear about 
that pardon, but who was it that uh, that Trump pardoned? That was his buddy. Um, gosh, who, Roger Stone. Roger Stone. You know that was like nothing compared to what Suzanne Rosenberg did. Um, but anyway, it's just it just it's just one of those things that points to how uh, how full of shit everything is, you know, and and how left-leaning the media is especially that they don't even shine lights on these kind of things and they to my knowledge they haven't talked about this girl that recently got killed lake and riley got killed by a, a venice illegal illegal immigrant from uh venezuela mm -hmm. and i also i also heard that gang violence is down to a historic low in venezuela frankly because they've let most of them come into our country you know yeah Oh, I mean, we're, I don't want to say we're fucked, but we have a, a rocky future. Like I, I obviously I don't know this, but my fear is that they're all just being spread evenly throughout the country and then just waiting for either a, a date that's already been selected or a signal of some kind and we're gonna have that one day where crazy shit just happens all over the place and i i hope i'm wrong about that before i forget the uh the u.s supreme court actually reinstated the death penalty for i don't know how you say his name Zakhar sarnev uh, the Boston bomber in a 6-3 decision with the court's liberals issuing a relatively subdued dissent. Uh, it killed three people, the Boston bombing. Massachusetts had abolished the death penalty, uh, but the guy was convicted on 30 terrorism-related charges uh, and sentenced to death on six of them. Um so, yeah, death penalty for the Boston bomber guy. But the reason I thought of that was uh, I heard somebody, a conspiracy guy, I don't remember what it was, talking the other day about why did they bomb the Boston bombing like after the race? Uh, was it after the race? I don't even know. But he was like, why didn't they, why weren't they in with the big giant group of people at the start? You know, like that would have been the time to do it. And it's like maybe they just wanted it to be smaller later so they could, they being, you know, the mysterious they out there wherever, so they could just say like, hey, we got people doing bombs and shit. But they were like, don't, you don't need to kill hundreds. Don't make it huge. We just need enough of a story to push whatever narrative we want to push. We got to search people more and more Patriot Act and that kind of shit. Yeah, well, the more people that die, the more questions families have and that kind of thing. Just like just like on 9-11, you know, those buildings were designed to have like they're, they're like small cities. I mean, at their at their maximum capacity, the trade centers would have had like, I don't know if it's per building or combined, but like 40,000 people could fit in those buildings. I mean, they're fucking ginormous. So the fact that there was only 3000 whoever calls 9-11 and, and you know my problem has always been the official story not necessarily knowing who did it um but they minimized casualties as much as they could because the more people that died the more questions but three thousand is more than enough to get people pissed off and like yeah let's go kill them and whatever justify what they wanted to do but 
they made sure those buildings were as empty as possible, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of interesting. But then also, like, I, I don't know how many people were in there originally and actually made it out because there's plenty of stories of that, of like the first plane hit and they evacuated the building, both buildings, maybe, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there the fact that 3,000 people were still... Like, I mean, Jesus, even that thinking about that is kind of ridiculous because I've done shows in front of twenty five hundred people and it was sold out. And just imagining a, a fucking building falling on all of them is, uh, yeah, not a pretty picture. Yeah. Well, and, you know, not this the 9-11 podcast, but a lot of those uh, body, they, they never found most of the bodies. They were completely like liquefied which sounds so awful i had a lady get mad last week i guess in tucson because i i have some stuff about 9-11 in my act and i'm like i'm not making fun of anyone dying i'm making fun of the official story i don't know why people have been brainwashed into thinking that questioning the official story means i'm like shitting on people who died or making fun of it or making light of it i'm i don't do that at all but um and some other lady came up to me after the show in Tucson and she goes, this is older lady. She looked like Captain Caveman. Do you remember that cartoon? No. Captain Caveman. You don't remember that shit? I don't know. I'm younger, I guess. Anyway, that's what she looked like. And uh, she was like, you're funny. Can I give you a suggestion? And I was like, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, you need to stay away from the politics. And I'm like, well, all I said was that I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a truth again, and that we all need to come together. Like what part of that bothered you? But, and I made fun of, I made, I made a Trump joke and I made a Biden joke and I made an Obama joke. Like I spread it around. It was not like I was, you know, heavy on one yeah. I think I called Biden a cock toucher or something, but I didn't, Anyway, it's just funny the things that people glob onto because they're stupid. And mm -hmm. uh, But I've also had people tell me that I shouldn't do basically every joke that I have at one point or another, you know? Like, yeah. that was great, but you shouldn't do drunk driving jokes. That That's just not funny. And I'm yeah. like, okay, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to... Well, I say I'm not going to argue with them, but I, I every once in a while, it just depends on my mood. And that reminds me of a thing that I wrote down a few weeks ago that I meant to bring up, but it's just a single sentence that I wrote down, but it, it, I wanted to talk about it. And I wrote, I can change my mind about anything in like five minutes. So I, it's just weird to me when people are like, but you said this. So how could you have said that and think this? And it's like, because I'm a human being, because that's what the first amendment is about is for you to say things, learn that you were wrong and then say the opposite thing later, you know, like that's how it works. That's a, like any documentary that exists. Like if I watch a documentary and it gets me somehow where I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, like I didn't know that meat was so bad for you. Like I learned a lot watching this documentary. Then I will purposely seek out whatever documentary says the opposite of that. And then I'll watch the one that says, no, veganism is actually more unhealthy and eating carnivore diet is more healthy. And then I can take the evidence of both of them and, and make decisions and shit. But 
it's just weird to me when people are like, no, you believed this at one point you told me. So now you believe that forever, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what stupid people do. I feel like, I mean, we're all allowed to change our mind when presented with different evidence. I mean, we've talked about that before. I've, I've met a lot of people that just will not admit like they were wrong. I don't see what the big deal is about being like, ah, fuck, I was completely wrong about that. But yeah, if anything, like I'll go out of my way to be like, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. You know, if I'm talking to somebody like, I don't know. I didn't, whatever. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, well, we probably need to wrap this up pretty soon. Um, we didn't talk about the fact that Nikki Haley is still hanging in there. I guess she's going to wait till after Super Tuesday and take that beating before she decides um, that there's no way she can win. Um but she's hanging in there, I feel like, because she's still hoping that somehow Trump gets uh, quits or, you know, but he's never going to quit. Um, but she's still hanging in there, which I think is kind of interesting. Well, she's hoping one of these court things gets him banned or whatever. Like, I, I feel like both sides should be in more agreement on, like, just let us pick who we want, you know, but of course the side that hates Trump is not going to agree with that right now because they know that if America gets to pick who they want, that they're going to pick the one guy that they hate. So, but it, it just, it's, it doesn't seem very American to be like, like I knew for years and I joked about it for years where it's like, uh, like you can pick whoever you want for president and we'll tell you who you have to choose from. You can either pick George Bush or Al Gore. And I'm like, I didn't, I don't want either of those guys. And they're like, you got to pick one of them or don't, or you don't get to pick at all. And now it's to the point where it's just becoming more blatant. Like before it was like, you know, how did Al Gore become clinton's vice president like what did he do to deserve that or how what talents does he have or whatever and it's like oh well he just knows this guy who knows this guy who works at this company who runs everything yeah yeah um there was something i wanted to bring up too before we get out of here about uh um in the epic times there was uh and i don't do near near a good enough job of reading this and then talking about it on the podcast um I just got so much crap to do, uh, but there's an interesting article of speaking about the Capitol is why I left the room a few minutes ago and that lady was talking and said, I wanted to grab this. Uh, the Epic Times on the first page talks about how security cameras suddenly pan away at pipe, bond, at pipe bomb response. Video obtained by the Epic Times sheds new light on key details relating to the DNC pipe bomb of January 6th. So at the very last second before like the pipe bomb goes off, for some reason, just like, you know, the Epstein camera going out at the last minute, and it's a big article, so I'm obviously not going to read the whole thing, but um, it's about footage from a Capitol Police security camera that was redirected from the bomb squad response at the Democratic National Committee to a state to a static view of distant rail tracks at 1.44 p.m. So right before the pipe bomb went off, the video, the cameras are just like, you know, like. Yeah, I I heard that story. I think it was Bongino that was talking about that. Uh, but he said there were other cameras that they didn't know about that were pointing right at it. And then they showed the the bomb robot or whatever, like setting the thing off, and you see it explode. And it's like a tiny, 
like a firecracker sort of explosion. And I don't remember if Bongino actually said this or if I just gathered this from watching it. But my theory is that the whoever wanted to steal this election and make January 6th look like an insurrection had a, like not a fake bomb, but, a you know, because it did explode, but it wasn't going to kill anybody. And there was nobody around that. Anyway, my theory is they just wanted to put a bomb there so that if the insurrection didn't happen at the Capitol the way that they planned on it happening, since they had agents with mixed into the crowd, uh, that they could have then said, well, we found a bomb and it was Trump supporters that put it there and they were trying to blow up the, the DNC. But then because the January or the Capitol thing happened, they were like, fuck the bomb. No, no, don't run with the bomb story. Like just sweep it under the rug, you know? And that's why they just stopped talking about it. Yeah. Um, that's my theory. I don't know. I could be very wrong, but. Well, it, it's interesting. There's a lot of good stuff in the Epic Times, but that, that story was good. And, and there's a lot of other stuff in here, too, that this particular. Um, oh, this is what I was going to say about the, the whole insurrection thing. That's why Illinois is trying to take Trump off the ballot. And I'm like, they haven't even they haven't even done that case yet. And these judges are just like, take them off before they, you know, make people think that they that they, he did plan this insurrection before they prove that he didn't. You know, um, it, it's all just smoke and mirrors bullshit in an attempt to keep him from becoming the president. And none of that stuff is going to work ultimately. So no, that's what's really exciting. Like that goes back to the Q shit again, where Q is like moves and counter moves. Like it doesn't matter at this point what they do. Like we have the response, like we've planned it all out. Like there's so that's what we're seeing a lot of now is like they can either do nothing and lose immediately or they can do something completely ridiculous and obvious to people like us who know what it is they're trying to do. And those are their only options now. Like they can't call their guy at the whatever department and have him like sneak a thing in and not like that. Those times are gone because they have people at all of those places. Now, you know, this is the theory of the shit. Uh, so their only options are, uh, call the fucking judge we know in Illinois. Tell him to knock him off. Like, hopefully, if enough judges get in at the same time and kick him off the ballot, then then it'll get the ball rolling, and then the whole country will kick him off the ballot. But that'll go to the Supreme Court too, of of to whether you're even allowed to kick somebody off of the ballot. Like, I'm pretty sure even criminals can. I don't know if there's a thing in the Constitution that says who can't run other than people that are guilty of insurrection or whatever the other things are listed there. So I don't even like even a murderer, I think I'm going to type that actually, or we can save it for next week, whatever you want. But can well, a murderer run for president? And a convicted felon run for president. According to NBC4 in Washington, it's happened before. Let's see here. 
Well, that's crazy because cr uh, convicted criminals uh, can't vote, but they can run for president. That seems like a... Yeah. It's odd to me. Uh, the U.S. Constitution does not explicitly prohibit a presidential candidate from running for office uh, while under indictment or even while serving time behind bars. Uh, eligibility requirements for president only state that they must be 35, be a natural-born citizen, and have been a resident of the country for at least 14 years. Has anybody ever run for president from prison? Uh, just over a century ago, Eugene V. Debs served as the Socialist Party's nominee in 1920 while he was in prison for speaking out against World War I under the Sedition Act. Uh, he ran as a free speech martyr and collected about 3% of the vote. Wow. That's a lot of votes for, for being in the position he was. Yeah. <laughs> Trump is facing felony charges in four cases with verdicts that could come before the election. While the constitution does not specifically disqualify candidates uh some people have argued that trump's actions are different because he violated a key part of a constitutional amendment uh some courts and election officials have argued that trump's actions before and on the day of the capitol riot on january 6th should deem him ineligible under section 3 of the 14th amendment with which disqualifies people who quote engaged in insurrection or rebellion after taking an oath to the Constitution. Huh. That's all it says. How crazy would it be if he's like running the country from, you know, his little cell or whatever? <laughs> I don't I, think I, I think if we had a list of possibility, possible futures, I don't think that's in no. the top 10. I think crazier things will happen before Trump ends up sitting in a jail cell, you know? Dude, I think they're willing to blow up the entire country before they're willing to let him just become the president again. I just, it's so hard for me. And, and if, if none of this Q stuff is true about getting rid of the deep state and all that, if none of it's true, I just don't see a scenario where they allow him to become the president. I mean, no, but that's what makes me think that the Q stuff is true more is the fact that he won in 2016. Because you know that Clinton was just like, no, no, like I win to make it so I win. And they're yeah. like, so there had to be things in place already where she was like, use the fucking whatever thing that we all know that we would use to win if it was close. And they're like, we can't. They've got the they've got that covered. And they're like, fuck, like, how did they do that? Who helped him do this? Like, what is he doing? So that's that's just what makes me think like military stuff was involved, because if yeah. it was if it was anybody else that didn't have that shit in place, they would have just been like, oh, well, we found some more votes or or whatever, you know, and it, actually the number is this. And then they could have just put it off for years and years in court battles and stuff when when Trump supporters uh, who would be very few at that point were like, no, this, they cheated, you know, and then judges would do what they're doing now, which is like, eh, you don't have any standing. We're not going to 
and then it would just be people screaming into the darkness. So they had to get over that hump first, which takes planning and organization and fucking probably some military shit, you know, to be like, no, I'm sorry, but you're not doing it this way this time. Or even other countries that's been theorized too that, that, you know, like China would help them fudge the numbers or do whatever, you know, hack into the shit that's all connected to the internet or however they do it. And so that's theorized too, that Trump went to China first and was like, Hey, we know what's up. I've got, you know, all these military general guys working with me. Like these people want to take over the fucking world. Like you either, you don't have to help me. Just don't help them and just let it play out the way that it plays out. And if I end up getting in there, then we'll all be better off. And China, for whatever fucking reason, agreed, agreed to go against the government that they've been like the CIA and shit that they've been working with for 50 years and be like, all right, you talked us into it. Art of the deal. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think, I think that all countries realize that we're all better off without the federal reserve, having their, the banking systems, having their nose in our business. You know, we all just need to be allowed to do our thing as our own respective countries. And these guys need to fuck off. You've got enough money you're never going to spend it all for generations. Just stay out of our business, you fucking bastards, and and let us all thrive in the way that God intended us to. And I, I think that he's probably, it's, probably wasn't that tough of a sell, you know? Like, are you tired of running on this hamster wheel, China, Russia, fucking every other country? And they're like, yeah, we are. And like, well, then let's stop. We have the, we have the power, you know? So I think that's, that the Patriots are in control. I, I, I hope that, and I, 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 I don't know, man. If because if it's not, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, like, even if the Q stuff isn't real, like maybe this that we're going through is still a, enough of a wake up call for enough people to just be like, this is this this shit actually matters. This shit that didn't matter my whole life actually matters now. Like. It matters who's on my local school board and it matters who my fucking mayor is and it matters who the president is and it matters what people they hire that we don't even get to vote on. Like all that, everything matters. And I, for most of my life, I didn't, I didn't think that I didn't think that none of it mattered. I just didn't care about any of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's finally starting to affect people in a level that you have to start paying attention to it. Um, so anyway, if, unless there's something else you want to talk about or some video you want to show, we should probably just wrap this up and uh, let you get on the road. And uh, Yeah, if you're watching this from Indianapolis, then uh, I'll be working there Friday night and Saturday night, March 1st and 2nd. So come and check me out. I'll be at Crackers Comedy Club uh, downtown I forget what road it's on. I could get there. I can drive there, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you the address. Yeah. Well, I'm not going on the road for, I've got a little time off. I'm, I don't go anywhere until March 16th. I'm doing a, a really good one-nighter in a casino in Crescent City, California. But other until then, I've got a few weeks off, and I'm going to try to get my family prepared for the apocalypse as best I can until that nice. happens. So. <laughs> all right well good luck to you and your family and hopefully uh the world is still around a week from now and we can do this again 
Yeah, episode 80, 81 will be next week. I'm pretty proud of us for doing 80 in a row. Yeah, me too. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. God bless all of you and take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.